Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the H&H Sports Podcast. I'm Tanner Hicks, joined by my co-host, Jackson Huey. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the SEC standings for the upcoming college football season. Uh, we're going to be transitioning to uh, talking more about like predictions-based stuff since you know the offseason for pretty much every sport besides baseball is dead. So yeah, we're, most of the episodes coming forward are going to be predictions-based episodes. Like, uh, once the NBA offseason for the NBA offseason dies down, we'll be doing standings predictions for that. But we still have to figure out like what's going to happen with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. But in this episode, we are going to be talking about the the standings for the SEC coming up this season for college football. Um, the SEC is, as always, is a stat conference. Uh, pretty much every team has their own storylines. Uh, every team has a bunch of transfers coming in, a bunch of transfers leaving, uh, especially after this offseason. Like, the transfer portal went absolutely nuts. But yeah, every team is super, like, interesting in the SEC because, like, every team every year except for, like, Missouri and Vanderbilt <laughs> are, like, super interesting. They're always, they always have a chance of being good. Pretty much any team in the SEC besides those two teams has a chance of being good this year. So I think the the standings predictions are going to be like they're not going to be the exact same for both of us. I'm pretty sure they're not going to be the same for anybody. I don't think so. I think this will be an interesting predictions episode. All right. We're going to start out from the bottom and work our way to the top in these standings like we did in their NFL standings predicted predictions episode. So, Jackson, I'm going to have you start out with your worst team in the SEC. All right. The worst team in the SEC. I got Vanderbilt. For obvious I have, reasons. I have him as well. <laughs> um, I think they're still struggling to find their identity offensively. They got a lot of uncertainty on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they have the worst recruiting class in the SEC this season. I think it's like 32nd overall, which isn't terrible. But when you're in the SEC, it's pretty bad. When you have the, the yeah. worst recruiting class in the SEC, it doesn't really help that it's it's 32nd overall. They're returning 13 starters this year, which it's I don't really coming off a two and ten season. I really don't think that's anything good to talk about if you're returning starters from a bad season. Yeah, your your guys develop. I, I think they have a new coach this season. Uh, I'm not too sure, but it, it's Vanderbilt. They're going to be Vanderbilt unless they take this huge stride this season and build off of that the next coming season. I don't think. Vanderbilt's gonna move <laughs> anytime soon. I, 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 at most this season, I think they could win like five games. I, I, I just think their ceiling isn't very good, considering how bad their team is. I don't think, I don't even think they would be the best team in the American. That's how bad the, yeah, the Commodores are. They, according to their coach, they're gonna be the best team in the country in a couple years. I saw that uh, press conference that Vanderbilt's going to be forced to reckon with in the SEC. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your 13th overall team in the SEC this year? I got Missouri here. Okay. They need to find a quarterback ASAP. Or yeah, they're going to be a really bad year for Missouri. They, their starter transferred, right? He transferred to Indiana. That is right. And they got a whole new staff on the defensive side of the ball and a lot of transfers. And transfers aren't always a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, it could take a while for certain people to, you know, you know, be accustomed to the to the culture that they have building and accustomed to, you know, the offense and defense that they have. So 
you know, it, it depends on how good that player is. It just it doesn't matter what system they are in. They're good. But as far as like Missouri doesn't get those type of players like they have. Yeah. One five star player. They did pick up the number one receiver in the recruiting class this season, which will help. But they don't have anybody to throw to him. So it's yeah, not that- it's not going to be it's still with them having a number one receiver. I this has transfer in a year or two written all over it. Um, I don't know why he picked Missouri. He must be from Missouri. Um, no, it says he's from East St. Louis, Illinois. So your guess is as good as mine why he chose Missouri. Maybe he grew up a Missouri fan. But he has no one, like, not anybody good to throw him the ball. So, yeah, I, I agree with you as far as where Missouri is for you. I have Auburn in this spot. Um, it could be it, sh- it could be a surprise to some people. Uh, especially Auburn fans. Auburn fans think Auburn's going to win the title every single season, um, but which is the case for most SEC fan bases. Um, they lost a lot of guys. They lost players like J.J. Pegs, Pigs, if I'm saying that right. They lost Sean Shivers, Ladarius Tennyson, Kobe Hudson, Lee Hunter. Like Those are the best players that they've lost. I mean, they bring in Zach Calzada um, for their quarterback room. They bring in Jason Jones, like, and they're returning 11 of their starters from last season. but Including the arguably the best running back in the SEC. I do think that his freshman backup was a little bit better than him last season. But you could argue that Tank Bigsby is the best running back in the SEC. But they can't rely on Tank Bigsby to just carry their offense. Right. Um, their defense is probably not going to be great. Um, I just don't think Auburn's going to be great. That's why I have them at 13. I just think this is a transition, transitional season for them uh, to just bring in talent, let that talent develop. Um, kind of a just, good year. Pretty much, yeah. I, I don't think Auburn will be great this season. Yeah, and that's why they're at my 12 spot. So. Yeah, we just have uh, – Yeah. I have Missouri at 12, so we just have Missouri and Auburn flip-flopped. Yeah, they need Auburn needs O line, receivers, secondary, you name it. They pretty much need it. I mean, <laughs> they just need everything. Uh, Missouri has been better recruiting wise, as like we just said, they picked up the number one receiver in the twenty two twenty two class. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bringing back fourteen starters. They have the fifteenth overall recruiting class of twenty twenty two, and then the sixth best class in the SEC. For Missouri in the SEC, that is great. That is not bad, but. Their roster's still not good. They just they they yeah. lose their starting quarterback via transfer. Um, they bring in Tyron Hopper, but still, the the roster's not great. Um, I just don't think Missouri will be good. It's another transitional season for Missouri. I, I do think in a couple years they could be decent if they keep all the guys they bring in. But right now, I just don't think they're good enough to be better than the third. Yeah, and I. I expect Auburn to be able to hang in some football games. I mean, they was one yard away from beating Alabama last year. I mean, yeah, they have the the winning culture over there. It's a winning program. I could easily yeah, I mean, see them winning eight games. But that's that's a lot of the reason I have them over Missouri. But yeah, it's just their roster's not great. They're their one of those teams. Great, yeah, they're one of those teams every single season that do more with less. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they they produce more than what their roster says they will. So. I could see Auburn winning like eight games. There have been many a season where Auburn just looks bad on paper, but they win a lot more games than people think they will. I could easily see them winning eight games, but I could also easily see them winning three. So 
that's why I have them as low as they do. If if you're uh, if you have a really low ceiling in my eyes, I have you at the bottom. In the SEC, it's going to be hard to put you above these other teams. At number eleven, I have LSU. LSU, wow. Wow. I knew okay. I knew I was going to get a reaction like that with LSU at the bottom. The biggest story of their offseason has been obviously bringing in Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Notre Dame's winningest head coach of all time and his really surprise move leaves Notre Dame for LSU. And LSU lost a lot of guys. They lost Eli Ricks to Alabama. They lost Max Johnson. They lost Dwight McGlothern, am I saying that right? Uh, they lost Deion Smith. He hasn't picked a team yet, but they, they lost him to the portal. They lost Landon Jackson, and they lost Corey Kiner. I know they lost him to Cincinnati. Um, they bring in guys like Makai Wingo, Jarek Bernard, Greg Brooks, Joe Foucha, and they bring in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. All of that, still, this roster's not great. They only bring back six starters from last season. Uh, they have the they do have the fourth best class in the SEC, and they do have the twelfth best class in the entire nation. It's LSU. I mean, yeah, Brian Kelly's gonna get some kids too. I mean, yeah, you could argue, you could say besides Saban, he's probably the best recruiter in the nation. Maybe yep. besides uh, Jim Fisher too. Now he's recruiting against Saban, so it's yeah. gonna change. I mean, it's gonna be a lot harder to get those kids from when he was in Notre Dame. Yeah, he might have a better recruiting edge now that he is in the SEC with LSU. Because he, he was such a great recruiter with Notre Dame. Mm. But now that he's in the SEC, he might be even better. Who knows? In a couple seasons, I could see LSU being really good just based on their recruiting talent, maybe even getting a good amount of transfers. But right now, like we said with Auburn and Missouri, they're just not great. <laughs> they only bring back six starters, like I said. They have some they have some playmakers on the perimeter as well. I mean, Keyshawn Boot He's a very back. great receiver. He could be receiver yeah. one in the draft next year. He could argue you could you could argue he's the best receiver in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I could see why you have him that low, but I just think they're going to be better than that. Who knows? New coach, they lose a lot of guys. The last time they lost a lot of players and didn't work out for them. So, it, who knows? Maybe it's one of the. It's like I LSU. Think it, I, I, I think it is notable that this is probably the weakest secondary LSU has had in decades. Yeah, they Eli Ricks was their best corner. Um last year you could you could argue that he was better than Stingley. Stingley wasn't great his last two seasons at LSU, uh just based off injury and effort. But mm-hmm. e, you, Eli Ricks was arguably their best corner last year. They lose him to Alabama, which, you know, is horrible for LSU. <laughs> um they they lose Max Johnson, their starting quarterback from last season, but they do bring in Jaden Daniels. Now, Jane Daniels hasn't been the greatest player in the world at Arizona State. He's shown flashes that he could be good, but um, Herm Edwards and that uh, Arizona State offense was never, you know, great and was never, you know, catered towards Jane Daniels. So I, I think Jane Daniels could thrive with, uh, you know, Brian Kelly coming in. They have so, a they have a backup quarterback too. I know he's number five. I cannot think of his name off the top of my head. He's pretty. He's pretty solid. I mean, he was a freshman last year, I think. I, I just know Jaden Daniels on that roster. Um, LSU. They're they're not one of those teams that does well with less because. I, I think I, you could argue LSU does 
less with more on some on Same some seasons. Yeah. It's because of ex- expectations. LSU is always expected to be good, so having to live up to that expectation is kind of you know it, it weighs on players and coaching staff. So mm-hmm. I, I think you could argue what LSU is one of those teams that just does um, less with more. So. I just have them at 11. It's going to be another one of those transitional seasons. And if we're talking two, three years from now, I think LSU could be, you know, with what they have with Brian Kelly and his his recruiting, they could easily be the best team in the SEC in a couple of years. So, but, but right now I have them at 11. Who do you got at 11? At 11, I have Florida. Whoa. Whoa. I, last episode, I had a little... Uh, mentioned that I think Florida will be decent, but what? At All right, 11? Here, here's here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Florida is historically known for a spread tempo offense. Yeah, we did not see that out of Bill Napier at Louisiana Lafayette. Very grounded pound type of offense. Very old school run first offense, and I'm wondering how that personnel will transition. I think it could work out just with Anthony Richardson is a is a run first type of player. Last yeah. season against USF, I understand it's USF, but last season against USF, Anthony Richardson had like an 85 plus yard touchdown on the ground, and he had like over 150 rushing yards in that game. Again, I understand it's USF, but he's shown flashes that he can be very effective on the ground, and with. Billy Napier coming in and having this grounded pound type of offense, I think he could thrive, and I think it could eventually help that team out. They also fired their defensive coordinator from last season, so that defense shouldn't be as terrible as it has been the past two seasons. I yeah, think Florida defense is pretty bad. Florida a couple seasons ago, when they won ten plus games and barely lost to Alabama in the SEC championship, who knows if they had a better defense, they could have won the SEC that season. So. Florida, I know they're completely different now. I know Emory Jones is gone. Um, I'm sure Florida fans are uh, ecstatic about that. Dan Mullen's <laughs> gone. Uh, they bring in Billy Napier, obviously, as we mentioned. I oh, think Florida didn't recruit during the season. <laughs> Dan Mullen, man. <laughs> <laughs> A character, to say the least. They, they they do bring back 14 starters. They, they did have the seventh best uh, recruiting class in the SEC. Uh, like we said, Den Mullen just didn't recruit during the season. So uh, all of these recruits have come. Probably, probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard a college football coach say. Like, what is to the media? What are you doing during the season? Like, besides prepping for games, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, all of these recruits have come in since the offseason. And I think being middle of the pack in the SEC, just having the offseason to work with is – uh, I would as I would be ecstatic if I was a Florida fan with that outcome. Uh, they bring in Jalen Kimber. They bring in Osias Torrance from uh, Louisiana. They bring in Cameron Waits. They bring in Montreal Johnson from Louisiana as well. They they bring back 14 starters, as I mentioned. I have Florida way better <laughs> than 11. Well, I have LSU way better, so. I, we can agree to disagree in that, as far <laughs> as that goes, but man. Florida at 11. This is a kind of loaded SEC, so who knows? SEC is always loaded, but man, I I have Arkansas at 10. Wow. 
Wow. Arkansas is is, wow. is very similar to LSU. Um, they still have their head coach. They're coming off a good season and nine wins, but they're only returning nine starters. They only have the 28th overall recruiting class. They have the second to last class in the SEC. They do bring in a lot of good transfers in Drew Sanders, Jaden Hasselwood from Oklahoma, Dwight McLaughlin, Landon Jackson, Latovius Brini. Brini, am I saying that right? I don't think so. Uh, they, they bring in a lot of good transfers. Uh, KJ Jefferson is still that quarterback, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they're both massive. The only- he is massive. Yeah, he is huge. He reminds me of Derrick Henry at quarterback and like Cam Newton as well. Like, he's a massive guy. Like I still remember um, how well he played against Ole Miss and that like that shootout last year where they both put up 50 points. But Arkansas is losing a lot of talent, and they, outside of the transfer portal, they didn't do a lot to bring in more. So I, I have them lower because you have to be on your P's and Q's in recruiting and uh, transfer, uh, getting guys from the transfer portal in the SEC because there are going to be a lot of guys going to Alabama recruiting and transfer portal. Same with Georgia, same with A&M. Like these, these teams never, never going to let up. So if you have uh, a bottom two recruiting class in the SEC and you're only returning nine starters, it, I just don't think that you're going to have a good time in the SEC. That's just my thinking. It's the same thing with LSU. It's the same thing with Missouri, same thing with Auburn. If you're just going to have a mid-recruiting class and don't bring in transfers, I just I don't think you're going to be good. Wide res- their sophomore wide receiver, Katron Jackson Jr., has star potential from what the coaches are saying based on the spring camp, summer camp. Um, I'm going to touch on them a little bit later, so I don't want to take up too much time right now. That that's just why I have our, our Arkansas so low. Like, yeah, they could be good. I could see them winning nine games again. But as of right now, until they show me otherwise, them only returning nine starters, them having a bottom two uh, recruiting class. I don't know, man. I just think they're they're going to be worse than the nineteens above them. Who do you got at ten? At ten, I have Mississippi State right here. I could I could see that. Um, I. I have them higher. The good news is Will Rogers is back. Yeah, he has. Uh, he he fits into Mike Leach's offense pretty well. Yeah, he does have a couple seasons under his belt with Mike Leach. The bad news is Charles Cross has gone to the NFL. Yeah, he was their best lineman last year. Undoubtedly, he was their best lineman last year. And I do I do think they're missing a key threat to work around on offense, like somebody in the receiving core or even the running back or. Yeah, but Mike Leach has always been a like a yeah. skill position player by committee type of coach. Like he never has that one guy who's just, you know, gonna get all them yards. Right. But in the SEC, I feel like you need that. I, I'll touch on them later because I, I have them higher. All right. At nine. Who do you have at nine? At nine I have South Carolina. I know I talked highly on them. <laughs> A couple of was it last episode or a couple yeah. episodes ago, but I mean, there's just some, there's still some concerns. I mean, obviously Spencer Rattler is a concern. He has a ton. He does have a ton of raw talent, and he has a lot of potential despite underperforming last year. 
I think there's a lot of defensive concerns. They had the best pass defense in the SEC last year, but like I said last time, everybody ran all over them because they didn't have to throw the ball. They could just run the ball. Yeah, that that usually comes with a, a bad rush defense usually comes with statistically a good pass yeah. defense because if teams right. figure out that they can run the ball, they're not going to do anything else. Why would they right. pass the ball if they figure out that they can run the ball? So I don't disagree with that. I think they'll be better. <laughs> Our, I could see that. Yeah, I could see them being better. I mean, yeah, I could see them being better because obviously Shane Beamer well exceeded his expectations for last year. Absolutely. So he could do that. He could very easily do that again this year because he's got massive upgrade at quarterback. I mean, in my opinion, if Spencer Rattler can be the Spencer Rattler that he was supposed to be at Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Rattler has more upside than he does than he does concerns. I, he's getting underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, he has yeah. this attitude. Oh, he was benched for Caleb Williams, and like, yeah, he has shown that he can be a bad quarterback. But I think he has more upside than he but does. I don't. I don't, I don't think. I don't think Oklahoma's offense was as good as everybody thought it was going to be last year. Anyways, under um, Caleb Williams, it was great. Under Caleb Williams, it was great. And the only just, exception was that Kansas game. I just don't. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know. You can't blame it entirely on Rattler, and you can't blame it entirely on the Oklahoma offense. They just weren't. They just weren't a they good just, mesh. It, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think it went well together. Uh, and Radler is a is a hero ball type of player, and right. the Oklahoma offense is not suited well for that type of play. Was it's, not. It's like it's, like, it's, it's similar to completely different this season. So it's <laughs> similar to the, like how Zach Wilson and Russell Wilson play. They play their own style of ball, and that offense is just it's a very cookie cutter set offense. Do this, do that, don't go outside of it, and. Radler did that on way, way too many occasions. That's why he was benched because, you know, Riley has this offense, and if you don't follow that offense, you're going to get benched. And Caleb Williams fit that offense better. Yeah, that's, that's what why it really came benched. down to. My nine, I have Kentucky. Will Levis is getting Heisman hype for whatever reason. He was a, he was a good quarterback last year, uh, but that, that team really relied on their run game, and Will Levis is a good running quarterback, so I... He was great last year, but I don't understand the Heisman hype. Kentucky is coming off a 10-win season. Uh, they're second the past like half decade. Uh, they're returning 10 starters. Uh, they had the fifth best class in the SEC, 14th overall in the entire country. Um, they didn't lose a lot of guys via transfer. Uh, they lost most of their guys uh, via the draft, like Wondell Robinson. Uh, most like most of their best players they lost uh, via the draft. I just think their team's better. That's just I, the, me putting this team, a certain team, low in this space, Kentucky. I don't think this this team will be bad. I just think teams above them are better. It's it's really what it comes down to, is I just think teams are better than this team. And, and Kentucky is the same with Auburn. They usually do more with less. Who do you have at eight? The top eight. Today I have Ole Miss. What? Um, <laughs> what? You're lying. No, I have a, a Ole Miss at eight. You're lying. This offense really hinges on Jackson. You think Arkansas? Mark. You think Arkansas is gonna be better than Ole Miss? Yes. You think LSU is gonna be better than Ole Miss? Yes. What? <laughs> 
You're lying. Oh, Miz. At Here eight. I don't know where I go. Explain yourself, please. <laughs> okay, they lost their defensive coordinator who turned their defense around completely, and they lost linebacker Chance Campbell. So that defense is back to square one, and we know that you're, you're for last. That defense was the worst defense in college football. Absolutely. All right. They're and they're relying on a ton of transfers, which, like I said earlier, isn't always a good thing in my eyes. And that, like I said, that offense really hinges on Jackson Dart. Can he put up the numbers? I mean, but Lane Kiffin's offense. I, under, I understand it's Lane Kiffin's offense. Yes, it's it's a very quarterback friendly offense. Yes. I don't know, man. I mean, Jackson Dart showed flashes last season. I didn't think he was absolutely. I don't think he was this, you know, the stellar quarterback. But yeah, right. He was the number like two ranked uh, transfer quarterback for a reason. Like he had, I think he was a five star coming out of high school. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's rough. Having them at eight. Man, yeah, I think they'll be way better than that. <laughs> oh, miss. That caught me off guard. Who's your eight? Tennessee. Tennessee, okay. There were not buying a lot of guys. The, not buying into the hype, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of hype this season. Uh, they do. It's just it's their head coach. They're this new running their gun. Off- their, their offense is really simple and easy to break down. Yeah, but it's this teams in the SEC aren't used to this run and gun type of offense that Tennessee ran last season. That's why they won so many games. They just outscored everyone, and teams weren't ready for that. Even when they game planned for them, they just uh, they you know came out faster than they thought they would. That's why you know they won seven games. You're Purdue make some people mad with this one. <laughs> Purdue, the reason they won that bowl game, yeah, it was a high scoring game. But Purdue had to play the likes of Ohio State in the Big Ten, uh, even though they got killed in that game. Depends they, on who you ask. Tennessee won that bowl game. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, happened. Tennessee fans can cry for all I care. I don't know. Ten, I, I, I'm not calling Tennessee bad. I think Tennessee can be good. I just think the teams above them are going to be better. I, I you could easily say that with every every team in the SEC, man. But I, they're returning a lot of guys. I could see them winning ten games, like most Tennessee fans and even most like t- SEC experts are predicting that Tennessee could win. The hard part about this is we're making predictions on an unpredictable conference. I know it's 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 fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Like just we can look back at the end of the season, like man, that was dumb or that was retarded. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, Tennessee was bringing back most of their starters. They had a pretty all right recruiting class. Uh, Their offense is going to be good, no doubt. They're bringing back Hendon Hooker, who could be the second best quarterback in the SEC next season, just based on numbers. Tennessee could be good. I just have them at, what did I have them, at eight? Yeah, I just don't think they're going to be in the top half of the SEC this season. All right, my seven is LSU. We touched on them already. I mean, I pretty much said everything I needed, everything earlier. I mean, I think they still have a decent amount of talent from the Ed Orgeron roster. But yeah, yeah, they do have the they do have the weakest, like I said, the weakest secondary they've had in decades. They're just not returning a lot of guys, and right, 
like I said about Arkansas, if you can't, you know, keep the guys that you have had and bring in, you know, guys good enough to fill those positions, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard to stay good in the SEC. But like like we said earlier, I think Brian Kelly will keep this team afloat at the top of the conference for years to come. I have Mississippi State at seven. I kind of touched on Mississippi State earlier, uh, but I do think they're they're returning back 17 of their 22 starters from last season. They did have a bottom five recruiting class in the SEC, but they're returning back a lot of guys from last season. Obviously, they lost their best player in Charles Cross last season, but they're returning a lot of guys. They're bringing in Jackie Andrews and Marcus Banks from the transfer portal. But I think having like three-fourths of your roster with at least a season under their belt in Mike Leach's offense and in uh, the defense that they had last season, I think this team could be good. I think this team could win like eight games and surprise a lot of people. I, I could see that as well. But I just, I mean, I got them at 10 just because of how unpredictable and loaded this SEC is. I don't know. I think Mississippi State's ceiling is probably the five spot in the SEC. But I have them at, as like at, at, at the middle of where like I think they would be. I think they could be like 11. I also think they could be five. I have them at the middle at like seven. So Mississippi State, I, I think they could win eight, nine games, but I also think they could probably win like six. <laughs> <laughs> the sixth spot, I have South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to be the big surprise of this SEC. Um, behind, obviously, another team I haven't named yet. But I think South Carolina is going to be good. I just think they have a, a pretty well-rounded roster. They're returning 15 of their guys from last season. They've had a decent recruiting class, and they're bringing in – they're bringing in Rattler, they're bringing in Devonnie Reed, they're bringing in Stogner, and they're bringing in uh, Antoine Wells via the transfer portal. They're bringing in a lot of good guys in that transfer portal, and they haven't lost like anything significant as far as the transfer portal goes. So right. I, I think South Carolina is going to be good. They haven't lost a lot, and they brought in a lot to help them. And Shane Beamer, I think, is a great head coach, so I think this team is going to be really good next season. I, I think South Carolina could probably win 10 games. I know that's a that's a bold prediction, but I, I think South Carolina can win 10 games in the SEC next season. Yeah, I think they're going to impress a lot of people. I think they're being really slept on. So, yeah, I could, I could very well see that happening. But it's like you said earlier when you mentioned South Carolina, that run defense has to get better. It has to be better. And their pass defense didn't get a lot of uh, reps last season in the passing game. So it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, interesting to see how that pass defense does. They were the best ranked pass defense in the SEC, only because their run defense was so bad. So, right. It's gonna be interesting to see how that defense plays. But I think their offense will be fine on the Rattler, uh, their no tight end and Stogner, and you know all the guys that they have already. So I think I think South Carolina, like I said, is gonna probably I could easily see them winning ten games. My six by is Tennessee. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I said, they got a lot of hype this year. They have an identity offensively for the first time in years. I know. It's it's I mean, weird it to say. Might, it, it might be a simple identity, but it's an identity. Yeah. 
And they know. The big boys. I mean, as long as everybody else in the SEC knows. Oh yeah, they know. They know. I mean, can Cedric Tillman repeat as the SEC leading receiver? Time will tell. But um, their defense is obviously was obviously pretty bad last year. I think it's just they just just, outscored everyone. Yeah, yeah. The fifth spot in the SEC, I have the Florida Gators. Okay. Was this the other surprise you were talking about? Yes. Uh, by, by, I think my surprise is South Carolina, me saying they could win 10 games. But I think Florida is way better than what people are making them out to be. Like, they have the seventh best recruiting class in the SEC. They're bringing back 14 starters. Yeah, the big question is Billy Napier. How can he, how well can he coach in the SEC? He's been uh, a Sunbelt coach with Louisiana. Um, it's just... I just think they're better. They're they lost a lot of guy, a decent amount of guys via the transfer portal, but they're I think they I think I mentioned who they brought in uh, via transfer. They're bringing in Jalen Kimber, Osiris Torrance, Cameron Waits, Marchell Johnson. Most of those guys coming with Billy Napier from Louisiana. It's just Billy Napier has his identity, and that's run the football. And the personnel on Florida fits that style of offense. I think Florida is going to be good if their defense can improve and if their offense keeps this run-first identity and performs well under that identity. I think Florida, in my eyes, is a top-five team in the SEC. My five is Kentucky. Dude, I still can't. I still can't get over you having Ole Miss <laughs> so low, bro. You think Kentucky's going to be better than Ole Miss, dude? That's that's wild now, to me. I think the pressure is starting to is not, I don't know if it's starting to yet, but it's sooner or later the pressure is going to start to mount on Mark Stoops to win the SEC East. I I don't I don't think anybody can blame Mark Stoops for not winning the SEC East as long as Georgia is who they are. It's been widely considered that Mark Stoops has the best job in the country because of his situation at Kentucky. I mean, they're cool with a seven win bowl game season. Yeah, they're like I mean, the, the the Pacers of college football. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're we're cool with winning seven games. But if you have if you have those seasons like you had last year, eventually that pressure is going to start to mount. Yeah, expectations are going to get higher. They're going to get higher, and I feel like that defense never gets national attention, but it's always efficient. Yeah, they're always you know a decent defense. They're not going to blow you away. They're not going right. to you know break records like Georgia, but they're not going to be super abysmal. Like uh, Tennessee. Top four, Where, baby. Top four. I have Ole Miss. You have Ole that's, Miss, okay. That's why I was freaking out about you having them at, what, 10? 11? Like, eight. Calm down, eight. eight. <laughs> um, not that. Not 10 or 11. Come on, man. I have Florida at 11. You scolded me for that, too. Dude. I, I, I like Ole Miss a lot. Like... The lane train, I maybe. I do. I love Lane Kiffin's offense. It's so fun to watch. I just wonder how well all these transfers and the defense and obviously Jackson Dart. It's just my. I, those are my concerns. I see what you're saying. Ole Miss is bringing in a lot of guys. They also lost a lot of guys too. Uh, they're bringing in half their starters from last season. They didn't have the greatest recruiting class in the world, but most of their talent came 
from the transfer from portal. the transfer portal. They bring in Jackson Dart. They bring in Zach Evans from Self, TCU. The self-proclaimed portal king. The portal king. Uh, Michael Trigg, J.J. Peggs, Ladarius Tennyson, Jared Ivey, Troy Brown, Mason Brooks, Jalen Robinson from UCF. They bring in a lot of good guys to help out that team. But it's it's like you said, there's obvious concerns with them being transfers and only having just a little bit of offseason to work with. But I don't I don't think Lane Kiffin's just from face value. I don't think Lane Kiffin's offense is going to be very hard to learn, especially for Jackson Dart. I think his offense is a very QB friendly offense. And I think Jackson Dart, uh, just from what I've seen last season, his limited amount of starts last season at USC. I, I think he'll thrive under Lane Kiffin. And I think with Zach Evans, who's a uh, a decent pass catching uh, running back and a good running back at that, he's a five star. I, I just think Ole Miss will be really good. I look I look for I look for Jackson Dart to have a to to have a really good year. But we also looked for Spencer Rattler to have a really good late year last year too. So Yeah, but that's hard to compare. It's hard to it is hard to compare, but I mean, I could. I really do see Ole Miss being more like Tennessee and Mississippi State on just outscoring everybody, trying to outscore everybody. That's kind of what they did last year to an extent. Yeah. Their their defense did get better. I mean, they can only go up from what they were in 2020. But yeah, yeah. It's. But the worry is, will they return to what they were in 2020? I don't think so. I I don't think they'll be that bad. Yeah, I don't. Really, I'm not saying they'd be that bad, but they take a hit from last season is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, they did lose a lot of defensive guys from last season. I see what you're saying. It's just I, I trust Lane Kiffin and his coordinators. I trust the talent that they have. I I just trust the guys that they have. The guys that they have, and the guys that they, um, I was almost at traded for. The guys that they uh got from the transfer portal are established players. They Everybody knows how good they could be, except for maybe Jackson Dart. But everybody knows how good Zach Evans can be. Everybody knows how good any other transfer that they got can be. I just think that that, that establishment that they've made will carry on to Ole Miss because I don't – I like I said, I don't think Lane Kiffin's offense is very hard. It's just, you know, RPOs and the, the quarterback making the, the decision. I think this could be a season where – like how Texas A&M did last year. I think this could be a season where Ole Miss takes a game from Alabama and they potentially could win the West. I as think a, that's how I think that's how good uh Ole Miss is. As a victim of that opinion last season, <laughs> I'm worried about you, sir. I I just I think Ole Miss is that good. They have a lot of established players. Uh Lane Kiffin has like two two seasons under his belt playing Alabama in the SEC with his team. So it's I, I, I'm not going to wince at be saying that. I think Ole Miss could win 10-plus games, and I think they do have a chance to potentially beat Alabama and win the West. I think Ole Miss is that good. Interesting. Okay, well, at four, I have Texas A&M. At four. Um, All right. I wonder who's in your top three. I'm, who am I missing? Who's in your top three? Texas A&M, this isn't going to help them much this year, but they do have the best recruiting class ever. Um, of all time, yeah. Of it's, all time, yeah. It's it's You can't deny it. Another big question with Texas A&M is, like I said, the, can they bounce back from this big game? That's been their 
pretty much their identity is losing the big game and being done. I mean, like last year, they beat Alabama, but they lost to Ole Miss. Yeah. So which they were very really, they were very inconsistent like, last year. Losing to, losing to Ole Miss isn't a bad thing, but it looks bad when you beat Alabama. Yeah, they were saying? extremely inconsistent. They started one and two, and then bounced back to two and two, and then beat Alabama. <laughs> they so, they took a they took a lot of sacks last year, so that offensive line needs to bulk her up. And um, another question is the quarterback situation. I mean, yeah, they I know I'm saying a, I'm saying a lot of questions to be putting them at four, but <laughs> that I. They had they had they lost Zach Calzada to Auburn. They lost Baylor Cup to Texas Tech. I'm pretty sure, but they bring in Max Johnson from LSU, who wasn't right. partic- who hasn't been particularly who is, great. Who is probably the clear favorite to be the starter at Texas A&M, just based off experience. Yeah, but he hasn't been particularly great, and he, he just gets great. there at A&M. Who knows? I'll talk about them when I get to them, but I have them around there. <laughs> yeah, I have them at four. Just because, I mean, a lot of the reason is Jimbo. I mean, Jimbo's a heck of a coach. Yeah, he's a national championship winning coach. Right. At three, who do you who do you have at three? I need to know who you have at three. At three, I have Arkansas. Oh my gosh! What? Like Arkansas. Wow. If Katron Johnson, if not Johnson, if Katron Jackson Jr. can live up to his star potential that everybody says he has. And KJ Jefferson can repeat the year he had last year. And then they play physical. I mean, if you watch Arkansas play, they're just physical and they're dead set to run the ball on you. And that's a combination that hardly ever fails. That combination is not going to fail very often. If you're physical and you want to run the ball, you're going to run the ball. So you're saying Arkansas, I'm going to list off the teams. You're going to name, you think Arkansas is going to do better than AM, Ole Miss. Florida, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, Missouri, and Auburn, and Vanderbilt. Look, man, they're predictions, man. <laughs> they're probably going to be wrong anyway, so. I'm not I'm not bashing you at all for a prediction. It's just surprising. Like, what? Yeah, it, Arkansas is the best team outside of Georgia and Alabama in the SEC? Like, what? I could, I could flop them, them in Texas A&M. Even then, you have them better than Ole Miss, than Florida, than Tennessee, than Kentucky. Okay, who's your? I have A and M. Okay, I think A and M, in my personal opinion, is a lock to win at least nine games. Yeah, I could see that. And if they if they take those one or two, you know, tough games that they have on the schedule, with them being in the West, they have Alabama. Ole Miss that, they, and, that they're historically known for losing. Yeah, like if they can grow up and learn to win those games, that's eleven wins, maybe even twelve in the SEC West. If they if they beat Alabama again, if they beat Ole Miss, if they beat Arkansas, like look they, this look what what's going to happen is I'm going to predict this is going to happen. They're going to win all those games and then they're going to lose to LSU. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> like they're going to lose to like Auburn. Yeah, they're going to lose to the worst team in their division, but beat all the good teams and then end up missing <laughs> the playoff like they did in 2020. I do I do think Sam has a very good shot to make the playoffs this year. I mean, I think they could have that the type of season that they had in 2020 where they they only lose one game and that game was Alabama and they 
missed the playoff at uh at the fifth at the fifth spot at the end of the year. I think they could have that type of season again. It's just like you said, like they have questions at quarterback. Can Max Johnson be a college football playoff caliber quarterback? It's I I it has that like they have a lot of young guys on that team. Yeah, they have the greatest recruiting class ever, but they're all still freshmen. Yeah, they're and, not going to help right now. Yeah, it's it's going to take time for those guys to be super big impact players. But I, I still think A&M is good enough to win at least nine games on the season. I don't I don't see there being any arguments over one and two. <laughs> yeah, Georgia and Alabama were stamped. It's just, do you have Alabama one or Alabama yes, two? Yes, Alabama okay. one. All right. I think okay. I should the way the way you've been bashing my standings. I should put Alabama <laughs> two just to make you bash them some more. I wouldn't have been mad at it, but I do think Georgia is in a situation similar to how LSU was after they won their title. Are they one and done, or are they the next SEC dynasty? I don't. I don't think they're one and done. I okay. <laughs> LSU that season lost every single starter. Pretty much besides Jamar Chase, they lost and Terrence Marshall. They lost pretty much every single starter on that team. And Georgia has the lost. same issue on defense. They lost pretty much every single starter on Wait, that defense. The defense that carried their offense to a national championship, in my opinion. Pretty much. They also lose JT Daniels, who wasn't there when it mattered anyway. But they lost him, so they don't really have a fallback besides Stetson Bennett, a quarterback. And another yeah. question, can Stetson Bennett be a national championship winning quarterback again? Can he keep yeah, that success I have this that he's on, had? I was, about to, I was about to talk about that. I think eventually Kirby's gonna, Kirby Smart's going to be forced to open up that offense some more. And he's going to have to push Stetson Bennett. I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. Can yeah. Stetson Bennett be that guy when they need him to be? Stetson Bennett, in my eyes, last season for most of the season was a system quarterback. Just, he was, you know, just thriving off of other yeah. players being just better than the opponent, and the defense setting him up in great field position, eighty percent of the time most of the season, just forcing turnovers left and right, and you know, forcing punts that sets Georgia up by the fifty-yard line or less. So can Stetson Bennett? He will. They will be forced to work with uh, more of the field more times than not this season. With the, yeah. Like the defense, I, I still think the defense will be good. They still have Jalen Carter, who in my eyes is the second best defender in the nation besides Will Anderson, not just the SEC, in the nation. Jalen Carter was the best player on Georgia last season. You could talk about N'Kobe Dean. You could talk about Jordan Davis. You could talk about um, – Devontae Wyatt. You can talk about all these guys who got drafted in the first round last season, but Jalen Carter would have been probably a top three pick if he was draft eligible last season. Jalen Carter was that good, and I think if he continues on to that success, he'll be as good, if not better. But Jalen Carter doesn't have all that talent around him for him to be in for him to be in more one on one situations. He won't have. Nicobe Dean. He won't have uh, Jordan Davis. He won't have Trayvon Walker. He won't have Devontae Wyatt. All those first-round defensive linemen won't be on that line this season. And Jalen Carter, with those guys on the line last season, 
had a lot of one-on-one opportunities, and he destroyed when given those opportunities. I just don't think he'll be in those situations anymore, right? at least as much as he was last season. And can he thrive under being double-teamed almost every play? Because I would assume teams would be smart enough to double-team him every single play. Yeah, like I said, it's a lot easier to double-team one, one or two guys than it is 11 or 12 guys. Yeah, even even with Jalen Carr being in that situation with less talent around him, I do I do think he'll still thrive in that defense. They Georgia, need other guys. They need other guys to step up. Yeah, Georgia lost a lot of guys. It's just there's there's as much concern for Georgia as there most is there is hype in my opinion. Exactly. Obviously, we both have Alabama at the one spot. There's yeah, not for obvious reasons. I there's mean, not a ton to say about Alabama that really hasn't been mentioned. Uh, their their class in any other season, besides like Texas and A&M having the best recruiting class of all time, we would we would be, we would be raving about Alabama's recruiting class. They 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 had a great recruiting class. It just gets overshadowed because A&M has the greatest of all time. Uh, they bring in Jameer Gibbs, who's I think will be running back one in the draft next year. They have they brought in Eri Ricks, who was great at uh, LSU last season, and they bring in Jermaine Burton from Georgia, one of those guys that Georgia did lose. Uh, they also did lose Drew Sanders to Arkansas. They lost uh, Jalen Billingsley, the tight end, to Texas, and they lost Jai Hall also to Texas. I think they'll be fine without those players. Alabama is, I, I it just for me to pick against Alabama, like. Like I said last episode, an odd, like a super odd thing would have to happen. the The reason they lost two games in 2019 was because Tua was hurt or out in both of those games. Tua was hurt against LSU. Nobody's faulting Alabama for losing to that LSU team, but Tua was hurt in that game. They they fought tooth and nail in that tooth and nail in that game too. They barely lost that game. And the second game was. They lost was against an eight and four Auburn team, and Tua was out, and Mac Jones threw two intercept, two pick sixes at that, not just interceptions. And last season, I I personally think maybe disagree with you, but I personally think the reason they lost the national championship last season was because they couldn't get an offense going with them losing Jamison Williams and them not having John Mechie. I was about to say that I have right here. They were banged up. Against a once in a generation defense, it's, they'd already beaten once. That they'd already beaten once, or else they'd probably be looking to repeat this year. Exactly my point. It's like odd things, and really, I was, I was I was about to say that when you got done talking. It's <laughs> huge, huge injuries would have to take place for me to pick against Alabama, because that's what's kept them from winning in the past. The only even, thing that's kept them from winning in the past. Even without John Mechie last year, I, I think, even just with Jameson Williams, they beat Georgia. Jameson Williams is uncoverable. If Jameson Williams, Williams does not tear his ACL on what, the first quarter, second quarter? Was it first or second? I think it was right before halftime. Okay, if he doesn't, if he doesn't tear his ACL in the first half, I think Alabama's re- looking to repeat this year. Yeah, and I'll touch on Alabama a little bit. I mean, they obviously got Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you may you may disagree with me on this, but I doubt you do. They have the best offensive and defensive player in the country. I mean, they got the deepest roster in college football. 
I mean, they got to be motivated. And they got to be motivated. You know, Nick Saban's one of those guys motivated after losing the national championship. Come on. Yeah. It, it always, it usually works out that way. And then, I mean, their best offensive player, going back to the best offensive player and defensive player in the country, both of them are arguably Heisman candidates. Yeah. Bryce Young is, yeah, he had, he broke like pretty much every passing record for Alabama last season. And Will Anderson. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. First year starter. And, Will Anderson last season broke the NCAA record for tackles for loss in a season, and nobody could block him. Even he only had like 15 sacks only. I say only, but he he only had like 15 sacks last season. But if you count the times that he got his hands on the quarterback, he would have had 25, maybe 30. Like Will Anderson Jr. was unblockable last season, and I don't think that's going to change. Considering, like, we talk about Georgia's D-line being good. Alabama is up there as well as, like, good D-lines go. They're like that every year. And that's the reason Will Anderson Jr. What, get, got as much one-on-one opportunities as he did last year. He didn't get a lot. He still got a decent amount last season, and he won pretty much every single one of them. His his win rate, his pass rush, pass, pass rush win rate last season was through the roof it was one of the best ever and if 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 he can build on that and at least be 70 percent of what he was last season i think that alabama is going to be like unbeatable if, if will anderson can build on that it'd be a crime if he didn't get invited to new york exactly it, it just depends on how well other players do those were our predictions for the upcoming 2022 SEC standings. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, click notifications so you guys never miss an episode when we drop it. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. We're everywhere you get your podcast. Um, and, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys next Tuesday.